0: Deku's radio podcast.
1: Yes, here we go. All right. Uh, hi, everyone. It's been uh, a minute, at least for us. Uh, as of recording, we haven't officially released not episodes. Yeah. So. Y'all y'all <laughs>
0: will just be binging these one at a time. It's been actually a um, few weeks <laughs> since Jesse and I have talked.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I, I uh, was fortunate enough to... Uh, my wife and I got our first house and honestly, probably our last house because I uh, love this house. And, but we've been moving and that is... Um, it's a lot. It's moving a, into a house. And it's radically expensive, and uh, I, I've just been not looking at my bank account. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the mature way to Yes, to budget.
0: Yes, you just ignore, you just account ignore account. it, and then one day you get a letter saying you don't have any money, <laughs> and then then you have to adjust your behaviors. Oh. That, is, that is how grown-ups budget. no we, um, that is that is bad bad advice. I, well, I actually, I, I actually have I got, a Michelle and I built a like a, we built a web course a couple of years ago that we're probably gonna relaunch again. But there's like a portion of it about like budgeting for freelancers and stuff. So this is not an endorsement.
1: No, that stuff is that is, is not is an huge. endorsement of my financial advice I give. <laughs> I got really into budgeting when. Um, I tried to use Mint.com. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Uh, hate Mint. It tells my wife I'm spending
0: too much money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mint, uh,
1: I work there now, kind of. Not really. Um, Intuit, who acquired uh, the place where I work, also acquired Mint. Um, Anyways, I used to use Mint uh, back in the day, and I didn't like it because it would just let me know how bad I had been. Absolutely, and I was like, "This isn't working." And so I'd set these aspirational goals, like, "I'm gonna spend a hundred dollars on eating out this month," and like, I would blow past that like in a week. So, and be like, it what? Was, <laughs> right because then it's like a hundred and two dollars. It it's like,
0: oh well, I'm over, and then you just stop caring. It's like next, yeah, two hundred fifty dollars later.
1: So <laughs> I uh, switched to uh, a different budgeting tool called uh, You Need a Budget, and that's yeah. been working for us. But I'm, I'm really obsessive about it and I kind of had to just stop budgeting uh when we were closing on this place yes. because I was just going insane. And so I just stopped. I was like, this is not doing me any good. Um yeah. so for the first time in like three years I'm not budgeting. Uh and this is this is boring. I'm so sorry.
0: This is yeah we don't have to keep this in the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's yeah, fine. Cool we don't need to waste time. we don't need to waste any more time on uh on budget talk. Um <laughs> Yeah, so so you bu- so let people tune in. There you go. Welcome to two guys in their 30s talking about the music they grew up with and how they're buying homes and budgeting and stuff. So, and while you were moving, uh, I went and visited my sister and her family in New Mexico for the first time since they moved out there because we uh, own a business and it's hard to take trips when you own a business. Sure, and so how?
1: So my. Entire, like, knowledge of New Mexico is the nine episodes I've seen of Breaking Bad. Um, <laughs> uh, and there was
0: I was advertised. A, so I have. Um, so my sister lives out there. And also, uh you know, Sonia our Lauren I and do. I from college, a good friend named Sonia, who also lives out there. Now, we did get to see Sonia out there as well. Um, Brad. But I, I believe that both she and my sister were like well what do you want to do do you want to take the breaking bad tour <laughs> <laughs> cuz i um, think there's like one
1: like i don't know of any i'm sure there's other movies and tv shows yeah, something else there, but yeah. it's easily the most popular yes
0: and also like before that it's really like albuquerque was where Bugs Bunny would take wrong turns all the time. That's all it was because it's a funny, it's a funny word to say in a in a Brooklyn accent, um, or whatever accent Bugs Bunny has. Uh, but no, so we we went out there. Um, it was kind of dumb because like the day we left or the day before we left, my four year old niece's best friend from daycare tested positive for COVID. <laughs> And so oh. it was like we had an Airbnb for a couple of days and then it's like, oh, we were supposed to stay with my sister, but then it's like, oh, let's uh figure out where we're gonna stay until their test results come back. And so
1: we like slept in a different bed the first four days. <laughs> See, this is where budgeting comes into play, because you're like, hey, yeah. I had my Airbnb budget and yeah. it's gone now. Uh yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but it was it was good. Ups. It
0: was a good trip. It was a good trip. Uh it's been good to out there I'm assuming uh, the kid
1: is okay
0: yeah 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 she was fine okay. um and she was really the only one my so my sister has two twin seven-year-olds a four and a half year old and a one and a half
1: year old so uh remember it's just remember good, in uh, like April of 2020 <laughs> when we all thought children couldn't get it oh yeah yeah that was <laughs> it's because can't they weren't get it. at school Kids can't, yeah.
0: <laughs> Kids don't get
1: it. Yes, it's because we canceled school for months. Kids don't get it and also wipe everything down with um Purell. I'm yes. I'm watching a reality TV show that I'm obsessed with called Clarkson's Farm, who uh, is Jeremy Clarkson from Top Gear and Grand Tour. Ah. Uh, very famous and if you're British and if you're American you're like I think I've seen him once. Um you're <laughs> Cornered. Anyways, he has a farm show and it's a reality show and I'm obsessed with it. But they just hit coronavirus like on oh, the show yeah, so the yeah, episode yeah. is like april 2020 and like watching it uh, my jaw like my wife lauren and i were watching it and i was just like oh my god like we we were just like flying but like we were just going okay i think this like we we're just listening to the the yeah everybody was just doing what they thought yeah. they should do right uh but yeah it's it was very so like on the show, they're all carrying on like pure like crazy and like, <laughs> yeah. and it's like turns out it's, you're probably not gonna get it from touching stuff right no we
0: we have a local uh whiskey distillery, and they just made gallons and gallons and gallons of hand sanitizer with their runoff <laughs> or whatever 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 it's called that like is left over from the whiskey, they just we're selling the, that. They were selling it by the gallon. <laughs> That's brilliant. Because <laughs> you couldn't buy Purell. That's brilliant. But yeah, it was a good trip. It was a good trip, though.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, let's get into it. Like it is. Yeah. This has been a long time coming for for us, and honestly, I think uh, so. So today we're going to talk about the Deftones. But yes, I think the famous the famous ska band, the Deftones. <laughs> You getting into the Deftones, I think, really sparked us talking more online because, yes. like, we've always been friends and and then internet acquaintances, and yeah, yeah life yeah. goes on. But when you were really discovering the Deftones, I was like, oh yeah, I that band meant a lot to me. I right. haven't listened to them in a while, and then the the record Gore came out in twenty sixteen and i really liked it and then you yeah. just did this whole journey uh, <laughs> well, into them and I, it was very yes. fun to watch as a as yes. a reader of your website and then i was like maybe i should go back and revisit those albums i haven't listened to and yeah they're good cuz so my i have a very
0: interesting relationship with deftones in mostly that like i am a fan of many of the bands that they have, like, toured with and, like, have been associated with. And so, like, man, I'm trying to think of... Like, since they've gotten bigger and have been headlining their own tours, like, bands like Thrice and Glassjaw have toured with them a ton. I think they've toured with Thrice, like, three or four times. It might even be more. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is kind of, like, a weird idea to crossover because, like, in my head, they always were, like, part of, like, the like the corn popper roach mud vein yes. sort of thing which is like where i guess they like looking back now like where they like sort of came out of which is bizarre mm-hmm. listening to ohms now and thinking like oh yeah these are corn's friends <laughs> like that's that's it, why deftones got
1: famous is cuz they knew corn yeah there wasn't um like we have a broader language on music now especially thanks yeah. to the internet like if you say i'm into indie rock that can right. literally that mean means like nothing rose to wilco right to, to whatever and in the late 90s if you had a heavy angsty music downtuned <laughs> guitars um it's, you you were a new metal band, and then yeah. that's also what sold. Like so. Oh, absolutely. Like I think even def- I don't know if they ever did, but I do think they even had like a DJ at one point. Like I do think. Oh yeah, did. Frank. Frank absolutely was on turntables before he
0: played keys. Okay. Okay. I was it's reading. Like- I I went through. I went through some of the. I was. <laughs> I was listening to the first couple of records on Spotify today, and like reading along on Wikipedia. And because those are the records that I've spent the least amount of time with. Um, and I don't think I'm going to listen uh, to Adrenaline
1: again in my life. <laughs> like, you I, don't, don't. <laughs> I think the, the the members of Deftones would support you. And they yes. like, he's also, been like, largely like, yeah, I wrote those songs when I was 16. And I was right. very... And angry. like, who
0: did that to the guitar tone? It's bad. Like, like who did they like... Put it in a bathtub <laughs> and <laughs> the- mic it from six feet away. Did they mic an opposite <laughs> wall? Um, but no. So it's it's so weird. Like now, like because uh, so let, let's jump back to like where it's been. So because um, like Deftones was it was always a band that I was like aware of, but I like sure. never never listen to them for one reason or another and I think I think that might be a little sloppy because like once I was getting into them and heard Minerva I like definitely remembered seeing that video on Fuse uh if y'all remember Fuse TV which is the the one the one MTV alternate that seemed like it was going to actually do something and it did for a little bit but um I remember seeing that video on Fuse TV and Feel like I really liked it, but I don't know why I wouldn't have gone further down there the way I did, like Hot Hot Heat or Chevelle or bands like that.
1: Um, But there's I was talking to my wife about this yesterday, and there's this like, like aesthetics kind of have like an it's like an unspoken language of this is for you or this is not for you. Um, So if you look at the I mean, a really obvious example is the cover art on all the Cash Money records. Like, they are signaling <laughs> who this is for, what this is going yes. to sound like. Like, you know what it is right. before you buy it, before you even hear it. Yeah. And there was a aesthetic to the, to the Deftones, and what they got lumped in with was new Metal. And right. so if you were, like, if you were trying to, like, get away from that, or if you were, like, man, Power Man 5000 is, like, corny <laughs> or like, you know, and you're, and you're discovering sunny day real estate or something. Yeah. Yeah. When you see these dudes with wallet chains and all black and down guitars, you're just going to mentally go, even if you like the song, you're going to go, right. okay, they did one good song, but I don't yeah. want to listen to that new metal. Well, stuff. Yeah. Right.
0: So even, even like now looking back, like if you look at the music video for hole in the world, like the way they are dressed in that video, mm-hmm. versus the way the song sounds, is so weird. Because also, like, being out of the new metal scene is one thing, but like, they were also like, just skater punks. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Chino Marino is in these, like, he is singing this incredible, like, shoegaze-inspired post-metal song, totally. wearing like these long, baggy shorts with like the high, with the knee high socks. Cause, <laughs> yeah. Like Cause this. he's, he's a with, California. I think, I think he has the ball chain,
1: the yeah, ball he's chain. A California, California kid. And yeah, uh, you know, I think they're from what, Sacramento. Yeah. They're from Can Sacramento. That? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, okay. So, so let's transition into uh story time of how, how we got into the deaf Yeah. Thing. Yeah. 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 So, uh, let me set the context. So uh, I was born in 85. So seventh grade or sixth grade Spice Girls Hanson ruled the world. Yes. Seventh grade.
0: Man, I called into my local radio station to request, where is the love? And like the guy who (laughs) answered the phone was like, "Uh, this again.
1: (laughs) Bro, you sure? (laughs) Um, Seventh grade. Corn comes out with, at fall. I want to stress, fall yeah. of seventh grade. Yeah. Corn comes out with their third record, which had Todd McFarlane of Spawn uh, a coin, oh, which was the right. edgiest, edgiest thing. He drew the uh, artwork. Yeah. It's very edgy, very cool artwork on the the Corn. Um, uh, which I'll the leader. Yeah. That's right. The the okay. They come out with this music video, Got the Life, that blew up, and then Freak on a Leash, which was just huge. Which I downloaded on Napster and then deleted <laughs>
0: after coming home from church
1: camp. When Biscuit comes out, uh, who were groomed by um, Jonathan Davis of Corn? Of yeah, uh, they come out with this Faith cover, which I was a kid, so I had never heard the original Faith. It was just this edgy, right. cool rap rock thing. Wes Borland on guitar was really edgy and cool. And then you just, the floodgates opened. Uh, right. Oh, and also that year, Eminem Drops the Slum Shady LP. So like. And Kid that's... Rock was in there too. Like we should. Kid rock was,
0: oh, we yeah. should we should point out right now. In the year of our Lord 2021. When he's <laughs> out doing country songs. And like duets with Shania Twain. That Kid Rock was absolutely a rap rock guy.
1: Yeah he was new. I mean. Uh, like the, he was new metal. Bulldog bull was his first single. And they played it right. Sandwiched between. Yeah. You know, Power Man 5000 and I know, downloaded and whatever.
0: Yeah. I had Napster and I downloaded uh, Freak on a Leash, Nookie, and Bawa And like, I yeah. just listened to those three. Yeah. <laughs> like all summer until I went to church camp. But then I came home and deleted them. T- to,
1: I mean, uh, <laughs> I probably don't agree with the message at church camp, but that was probably wise that you do. Yes. Yeah. So, um, right. No, I didn't. I didn't delete them for the right reason, <laughs> but they definitely suck. So this is a hap- this is happening right in yes. my world, and I'm seventh grade, and I'm coming online to this. And again, we've discussed our backgrounds. Yeah, uh, I did not have great and, access to secular music. Which yes, and a, a couple under. months later,
0: oh no, I guess it was the following year because we're I'm a I'm a year behind you. But yeah, I would so, I would be getting into Pod and Project 86. Yeah. around the
1: same era. So cause, yeah, because that was the Christian answer to this movement. Yes. So I'm in the locker room. I remember, I don't know why my brain chooses to remember what it remembers, but I'm in the, <laughs> the locker room and these dudes are swapping CDs. I'm like, what? Like it burnt, like burned CDs. Like, What's that? And he's like, "Deftones around the fur. And then the other one was tools. um Second album. Uh Oh God. It's like, I can, an, who can an, remember ania, any title? It's, title? it's like, anima anima. Or whatever.
0: So, I mean it's enema, but he tried to make it look smart. Yeah.
1: And because so that's I'm what like, kind of guy Maynard is. Uh what is this? You know, like what? So these Tool and Deftones have always been sister or sibling yeah. bands in my head. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Tool was the more brainy, proggy one, and Deftones is the more well sound emotional one. But they he's on he's on a track. Yeah, he's on uh passenger. Right. Um but like, I feel like both Deftones and Tool came out in mid-90s. I think Def- Adrenaline was what? 95. 97, 95. Yeah. Tool's first record, I think, was Undertow was like 94, 95. So they were coming out when grunge was the, the biggest thing. But yeah. then when Korn, when, when New Metal exploded, they just got wrapped up in that. Like, I don't think they ever really identified... Like, I don't think in 97 tool or deftones are calling themselves new metal. So um, I'm meandering a bit, but this, this will make sense. Right. So I'm like and new metal wait.
0: really was a, it was like a term that was lumped into any metal after Nirvana.
1: Yeah. It was just yeah. called new metal. And um, so I, I had never heard of deftones or tool. And I was like, what do you mean? I, I listen to the radio a lot <laughs> and I know all of the the cool bands. And they are like, no, man, this is this is the real stuff. This is the good stuff. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the real stuff. So I go home and I download um, Root by Deftones, Seven Words by Deftones, a couple of random tool songs I don't even remember. And then uh, the second Deftones record had been out, um, Around Shove Under. It. Yeah. Yeah, oh, Shove, Shove It. it. Yeah. So I download those songs. And I remember just sitting there and being like, I don't know if I like this song, but I feel like I should. And so I remember learning "Root" on guitar; like it was one of the earliest yeah. riffs I learned. Um, but I really like "Shove It," like that that song. Um, it has a different title. It's like "Shove" in parentheses. "Shove It." I think it's my own summer. Let me double check that. Something. Yeah, like my that. my own summer. "Shove It." And then, so I get into them, and I'm like, okay, cool. And then I get into their other big single, uh, "Drive." Um, yeah. But uh, parentheses far away or something like that, and that is the first real hint of where they were going yes. and what they were doing because and that sounded like nothing else.
0: Yeah, and so in my in my listening to those two records today, like uh what I'm going to look at what the full title is. Drive, uh, be quiet, and drive far away. Mm-hmm. like that's really the only song on around the fur, like on either of the first two records really that I was like, ah, I can get with this. Like yeah. this shows
1: like what's going to happen. I love that song. And then do you remember um, the band one line drawing? What was yes. the band? It was a single guy. Um, he, I saw him live and he covered it and it like, mm. you know, he's uh, a, yeah quiet singer songwriter guy with a single guitar and it was a beautiful yeah. beautiful cover so anyways ninth grade comes around and i know uh deftones are coming out with a new record white pony and there's a big press thing around it and there was three versions of the album there was the gray one it was a gray cover with the white yeah. pony on it that was everywhere then there was one that was a solid red case plastic like case the slip cover. Uh, and then one that with a solid black, and there was only fifty thousand yeah. of each. Which fifty thousand sounds like a lot, but they were planning on selling like multi millions. So right,
0: I, and I should I I feel like we should go back a second and in, in the terms like while we're talking about the marketing from the label mm-hmm. on this, uh, should just point out that Deftones were on Maverick, which was the record label founded by Madonna. I didn't know that. So these Oh, this, that's interesting. Yeah, they were the heavy band on Madonna's label. I love that. Right. <laughs>
1: right. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so freshman me, knowing that my parents going, "Hey mom, hey dad, <laughs> drive me up to the record store. I want to buy this alter this new metal album from a band. No, right. I don't want you to read the lyrics beforehand." <laughs> I, that was just out of the question.
0: Right, of course.
1: Uh, so I get on my bike. I bike up to Chase Bank. I have like $80 in my savings account. <laughs> I literally have to go inside, do the whole right on the thing. I take out $20, uh, that whole process, and then I bike over to um, CD Harmony and go in and grab the black Deftones record and slap my 20 down and I buy it and I biked home uh, and went in my room and tried to like, I remember walking in the door and being like, my mom's going to be like, why, what, what's in that bag you're carrying or whatever. Snickers. And I it was trying to be cool. I went into my room and it wasn't even so much that she would have objected. I just didn't want to have the conversation. You know what right. I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I was like yeah, why, yeah. why have the conversation? So I go in my room, and I put it on and, uh, on my, my CD boom, I, my parents bought me a pretty nice boom box thing. I, oh, I, yeah. I use the heck out of it. And uh, I remember just laying on my bed and listening to it and reading the lyrics and being like, whoa. Like, yeah. I was... It just... It it has elements of new metal in it, but it just has such this wall of sound that we would now yes. associate with shoegaze that right. I had never heard anything like that.
0: And on the shoe, There is like an ongoing debate on the shoegaze subreddit um, <laughs> on r slash shoegaze about Because there are all, like, tons of people are getting into shoegaze, like, for the first time Mm -hmm. uh, every day, I feel like, you know, like, there's just every day, like, XKCD has the thing that's, like, 10,000 people discover something for the first time every day. And so, like, I feel like the shoegaze subreddit is always just inundated with these people discovering shoegaze and, like, trying to figure out what it is. And, like, there's, like, a (laughs) constant debate... (laughs) Among people about whether or not, because like people, like, oh, I'm new to shoegaze, I love this song. And they'll post like Minerva or Cherry Waves or Change. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then, like, or like, no, Change, change uh, is
1: definitely a new uh,
0: shoegaze song. I mean, a Cherry Waves is sho- like okay, the most. Cherry Waves is a 100% a shoegaze song. But like, <laughs> there's like this ongoing argument about whether or not Deftones is a shoegaze band and whether or not they should accept posts about Deftones in that
1: subreddit. But, well, I but mean, yeah. again, back back to the aesthetics thing. Shoegaze guys, shoegaze bands did not dress like them, no. you know. And so I think they didn't again, really dress like anything <laughs> aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, that kind of wraps up my how how I got yeah. into them. And then I I just was uh, obsessed with that record. But it was the only when I kind of when the world realized that new metal was not good.
0: Uh, and I was trying to <laughs> right. distance
1: myself from that. Yeah. I was getting into the Get Up Kids also as a freshman. I discovered the Get Up Kids and Braid and all these emo bands. Deftones, specifically the White Pony record, and uh, and I did get into Around the Fur. Some of the tracks, like yeah. some of it, I'm like, eh, but it was the only thing that was of that other new metal world that I would allow myself to listen to. Right, and uh, and then it always yeah. just stuck with me. Yeah.
0: So I I had. Many years later, (laughs) from there, um, again, like grew up kind of like aware of of who they were. Like I remember very clearly, like seeing a Deftones T-shirt in a store one time and thinking that's a cool T-shirt. It was like the like the baseball three quarter sleeve with like the pony on it, Mm -hmm. with like the cursive font. Like now I was like, that's a cool shirt. I wonder if that band's any good. And then I just didn't do anything about (laughs) it. but so many years later, I remember it's also this is also sort of underpinned by the fact that um, there was a family that I grew up with at church whose cousin was
1: Chi Chang. And was, so like
0: the basis who passed away.
1: Oh, I knew their basis. I knew their basis. passed away. I just didn't know his
0: name. Yeah. Chi Chang was their this, first cousin. And so like I was oh. like aware of them in that regard of like oh yeah this band I know them because I have a friend who's related to them sort of deal. When I was like in college and stuff and looking at music and stuff cuz I feel like there's a spot in everybody's musical every like music wanna be music buff's journey where they like hop online and see what everybody says were the best bands best albums ever stuff. And I kept seeing that like white pony is like thrown around, like is one of the best records of the two thousands by like every, like even like pitchfork is saying that this is one of the best albums of the two thousands. I was like, wow, pitchfork is saying this. Okay. Mm. And so I went, I remember distinctly pulling it up. Um, It must've been a few years later than what's in my memory because I, I remember looking it up on Spotify, and Back to School plays, and like within thirty seconds, I'm like, "This is garbage! Like, what is this rap core nonsense?" And I just like turned it off, and I'm like, "Okay, Change in the House of Flies is a cool track. That's really it." And I think I saw, I think I saw somebody post Change, and that was what really like sort of sparked it for me. Uh, and I was like, "Okay, whatever. Like, Change is cool. The rest of this is nonsense." And I didn't listen to anything past mini maggot um and it was then a couple years later i was in my local record store and uh the guy marco who worked there for like 15 years 20 years like i have (laughs) my memories of him giving me music recommendations like stretch back from like middle school <laughs> to like college and like b- being married and now like we're friends and he comes to my band shows and we like exchange stuff about music but um i was in there one day and something was playing and i'm like marco what is this it's like oh this is that band palms with <laughs> chino from deftones and the three of the guys from the band isis and I'm like, this is really good. Him like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. This is like the best thing I've ever heard. Like, this is maybe my favorite record of all time. So, <laughs> I actually don't even know. You know what? Never mind. He was playing nothing in the store, and then I commented on that, and then he told me to check out Palms, and so I did. And I remember listening to it. Uh, I had booted up like the Spotify on my TV or something and i was listening cuz oh, so this to is
1: late like spotify exists at this point this is later yeah
0: this is like okay. i was living in my house now and so okay, okay. it was after 2012 okay um it's been in the last like 10 years <laughs> the last maybe last 8 years uh it, m- it might actually be like around 2015 when this is going mm-hmm. on cuz i remember gore came out it was around the same time gore came out and so oh, i okay. It might have even been after because I remember twenty sixteen
1: was Gore came out in twenty sixteen. I believe. I think so. Because I remember distinctly just listening to that a lot on my commute into yeah. work and being yeah. sad about. Yeah, job.
0: I listened. I listened to it. <laughs> I listened to it uh, when I was working at a factory. Um, uh-huh. But so I checked out. I remember I booted up Palms and I like within the first five minutes I had like. Was tracking down a vinyl copy because I loved it so much. Mm -hmm. And Palms still like that record remains one of the most foundational. Like that, I had like a paradigm shift Mm -hmm. about what heavy music could be listening to that record. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I guess I don't really like Deftones, but I love Palms. Mm -hmm. but then Gore came out and it was getting all this reviews and people were loving it. And I was like, okay, let me see how I feel about this. So I listened to it and like the first track on there, prayers triangles is like insane. It's It's insane. It's so good. But then like it kept doing this thing where it was like every other song, I just kind of like, I don't know if I like this. Like Mm -hmm. I love, I love this. So it's like, Heart's Wires, that song is incredible, but it's like Acid Hologram, like I don't know how I, I don't know, because like any of the more melodic stuff, I'm like, yes, I am 100% on board here, and then anything that was harsher, like still had a little bit of that like new metal angst to it that I couldn't quite push through at first, Mm -hmm. and then finally, I don't know what it was, something just broke in me that I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out how I feel about Deftones, and I... Sat down with the. I, it might have been over a Christmas break or something, but like, I just listened to every album, and like, I took track by track notes
1: about like In- including Adrenaline. Did you start? Before? I actually started with White Pony. Okay, because so is a new that kind of is a sea change for them.
0: Yeah, and that's what I heard, and I was like, okay, like knowing that with my previous experience of White Pony, like knowing how much. I didn't like it in mm-hmm. the first place. Like I know I'm not going to be able to listen to anything else after the way that it's treated like the sea change. Like if I can barely stand that, then I'm not going to be able to stand anything before. Mm-hmm. It. Um, and what I, what I later realized was that mini maggot was thrown on at the behest of the record label when they were like, Oh, listen to this Papa Roach song. Listen to this Linkin Park song. Like, there's not really, like, this is what's selling. And they're like, oh, so you want a crappy rap song? Okay, we'll write
1: one. And they did it in, like, 10 minutes. And I, I was like, I oh, I'm okay. so glad you brought uh, this up. Because I wanted to talk about this part so bad of, like, that record I loved. And people didn't, I remember the cool dudes around me didn't really respond to it. Right. And uh, the song Pink Maggot, which is the last track on the record. Right. They, that track which is, is a really great. soft, it's long, it's like eight minutes long or something. And that has the back in school, we are the leaders bit in it, all that. Yeah. They basically took that from this eight minute thing, remixed right. it into this kind of Roach. Two and, thing, and a half, yeah, two and a half put a it, minute. And then put it on the front of the record and then reissued the record. So when you would right. buy it, you would, the first track was this, kind of rappy single and then and then you get the rest of white pony and i which was I,
0: also maybe the so only the only deftone song that sounds like that like it's not like they were doing mm. rap before that like even listening to adrenaline right now it's like there's some bits that maybe he kind of sounds like he's rapping but like he, he's not really rapping like no, that, that,
1: that, that is one of those things where it's so clear that the label was like, this is not selling like we wanted it to. You don't really have a single here. Right. Uh, you I know. Think yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: And so but like, but then so knowing so then knowing that Deftones hated that song as much as I did, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I can ignore this. I can jump right to the second track. And then after that, I'm like, oh, this is great. Okay. Um, and now, even now, like I feel like White Pony is probably the one that I still have spent the least amount of time with. Um, I, w- I went through this process and it was maybe like three weeks where I was, I listened to everything. I took track by track notes and then I like would do it again. And I would like score each album by like what, how many songs I liked the mo- <laughs> like whichever ones it's okay. like positive tracks. And then I would like go through and listen to it again after like letting it sit for a while. And that was like, a three week to a month process. And when I came out, Deftones was one of my favorite bands. I
1: I love how, uh, I'm envious that you have the discipline to even do this. Like I always in my head think I'm going to do, you know, uh, something like Nat does. And then (laughs) life happens, you know, and it's whatever, 9 PM at night. And I just want to watch like succession with my wife or something. (laughs) Right. Um, like, so, so let's circling back to you getting into the deftones. I, uh, so white point is the thing, but as I mentioned, like aesthetics, right? Yeah. So by the time I was 10th grade, 11th grade, maybe, I think their self titled fourth record had come out. And I did yes. not like the track Minerva, I did not uh, like it at the time. I'll, so
0: I'll, but in right here, just to say that was the first one I bought, but only because there was a copy on eBay for $8. And I was like, oh, this isn't, this wouldn't have been the one I
1: bought first, but it's that record still to say is the one I've listened to the leaf. Just, I don't know why when it came out, whenever it came out, that was a single. I didn't like it. And I think at that point I was just all in on you know, real music, which was, which meant indie rock and like hardcore. and <laughs> right. stuff. So I was going to converge and poison the well and stuff yeah. like that. So I was like, it just felt, oh, I don't want to listen to this junior high, early high school music anymore. And I kind of ignored them. And then some years go by and uh, I'm now in college and recording my band's uh, one and only record. And the guy producing the record was like, have you heard of the new Deftones, a Saturday Night Wrist? And I was like, huh? They're still doing their they're still around. Like, yeah, you know, in my even though I loved White Pony, in my head, yeah. I still kind of had thrown the band out mentally. Right. It's like, dude, it's really good. And I was like, okay. And so I downloaded it and I remember like liking it, but I still didn't allow myself to get into it. And then like a decade goes by and gore comes <laughs> out. I had ignored them for some reason. Yeah. I ignored Diamond Eyes and, 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 uh, uh, me, um, Koino <laughs> I was Koi, you know, you know, because I can never remember the name. Koi no um, Yokan. I just completely ignored Like I was aware they were coming out and snort, and then yeah. Gore comes out, and I really loved it. And then you were also blogging and posting a lot about yeah. it, and that got me to go back and go, okay. And I listened to from Deftones. What is it? Deftones, Saturday Night Wrist, and, and uh, Koi no uh, Yokan. Yeah, and. I would argue that like, like there's a run in there that almost just feels like it should be like a triple record. Like they are sonically so similar that it's hard for me to even. And because I consumed them all at once, right? It's hard for me to even differentiate which records which.
0: Right, and so I also like. I kind of feel like that. Like people talk about like, oh, what's your favorite Deftones record? Like, or, or or any band? Like, what's your favorite record? I feel like. And I used to, I used to th- say it was like one of the things like that they maybe didn't have like a, a, a full album strong enough that made me feel that way. But I think really now that I've come to be more familiar with their body of work is that they're just so consistent that mm-hmm. it's like because like Saturday Night Risk to Koino Yokon is an incredible run of records. Yeah. Like in each of those 3 records like it, goes back and forth between me saying which one is my favorite and like even to the point where I almost just flip a coin to decide which one I want to listen to cuz like it's just such a incredible run. Well, and like Saturday Night Wrist, if it weren't for like the last half of the monologue on Pink Cell Phone, like that record would be 12 out of 10. It's, um, but that (laughs) they left the tape running a little too long (laughs) on that girl's monologue.
1: (laughs) Being consistent in a band is, is hard because if you're too consistent, then you're boring. You you're washed out. You have no new ideas. If you do a complete change and it's not brilliant, like if it falls on its face, or even if it is like when Radiohead did Kid A, no matter how much praise that record got, they lost fans. Like there are a lot of people who checked out, but in the like snobby music world, nobody like faults Radiohead for Kid A and Amnesiac. Right. Like even though they're from the same session and they sound so similar. And so I think in the same way I would not fault Deftones for that run of records that do all sonically sound similar because they are just so it's, it's like they didn't run out of ideas. They were just like, we have this thing. Let's keep going. And also, uh, yeah,
0: they've always like played really well with like the push and pull of the heavy and soft elements. Yes. Uh, That like, there's enough interesting combinations going on that you can, you can keep mixing these same ingredients up without adding too much, and it still sounds great. And like to even the point where like now, like Ohms came out last year, and mm-hmm. Ohms might now be my favorite Tones record.
1: I dig it. I it's, dig it.
0: And so it's it's great because um, their new bassist on the last couple records is I forget the guy's name, but he's from Quicksand, the famed post hardcore band quicksand really
1: yeah okay
0: it's the guy from quicksand and so like but i feel like on ohms there are a couple tracks and i get uh gore has a couple too but like it's way more pronounced on like the the third track of ohms Mm -hmm. where they're just like hey be the bassist from quicksand (laughs) in in playing in deftones
1: like we we heard it's like (laughs) uh there's a quote or interview with Tweety, um, and they got uh, when Nels Klein. Oh yeah, um, joined the band. Uh, it's like 2007. I think Ghost is Born when Ghost is Born came out. Yes, and I loved before, his before 07. Uh I loved his answer because they were interviewing and, and you know this is from memories. Oh so no, no, he getting, was on. He was on
0: Sky Blue Sky.
1: Was that Jeff his first record with them? Yeah,
0: because Jeff okay. did all the lead guitar on Ghost is
1: Born, which is why it sounds so scuzzy. So I remember, there's an interview about him joining the band, and um, he, he's a brilliant guitarist. Yeah. And, like, I've seen him live with his solo stuff, and it's just like yeah. beautiful jazz. right? Mm-hmm. And they're asking Jeff Tweedy about the songwriting process and all this stuff, and this Nell, uh, Nell's calling to contribute. And he was like, no, like, I write these songs, and I say, Nell, go do your thing like go yeah like and it's it made me so happy because so many bands give these long pretentious answers and jeff td was like no i hired this guy to like go nuts on the guitar and then after i'm done singing i go hey can you go do a cool nails bit on guitar and i i love it when bands are kind of trans when they're not pretentious about that and to your point right i can totally see them being like Hey, that's stuff you did in your old band. Can you just like bring some of that here? (laughs) Cause we don't know how to do that. Yeah.
0: Well, which is also crazy because like Quicksand has never like been in the charts or anything like that. Like (laughs) they're not a mainstream band by any stretch. But like Deftones are huge Quicksand fans. (laughs) And so like that whole like lush yet still aggressive melodic thing that like Deftones does so well and that like Glassjaw and Thrice do. It's like mm-hmm. Quicksand did that. Like in the early 90s like they were the ones that like sort of pioneered that and then they got that guy
1: which yeah. like
0: it might seem like from one perspective was like oh wow isn't it great for the guy from Quicksand that he's now playing with this big <laughs> successful band. It was like
1: Probably making a little more money with Deftones. Right,
0: right. But also like how stoked are the Deftones dudes Yeah, that this guy from their band that they love so much is joined in. And I feel like that's one of the things that really has always set Deftones this part from, because even as much as I t- don't enjoy adrenaline and around the fur, like that's way more palatable than any of the other new metal from the same era. And I think a lot of that has to do with their tastes as a, band, yeah. especially, especially Chino. Uh, Cause Chino has said from almost the beginning, that like, He's not a big metal guy. Like he's Mm -hmm. into like the Cure and the Smiths and uh, the Cars and Smashing Pumpkins and like White Pony was a reference to uh, "You'd Prefer an Astronaut" by Hum. Oh,
1: I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, it has a horse on Mm -hmm. it because they loved "You'd Prefer an Astronaut" by Hum. Huh. And so I did not know that. and, And like that, when they they said when they heard that record, it was like that's what made them realize what their guitars
1: should be doing. I, so I want to talk about uh, something that's always stood out to me about Deftones. And I think why there's a debate on the Gaze forum <laughs> and it's their, their tone on yeah. everything from uh, Chino's vocals to the guitar tone to yeah. the thing that I upset, I was driving and listening to we were doing a bunch of house chores yesterday uh-huh. and i told uh, my wife warren i said i have one request can we listen to a bunch of random deftones and i'm going to be jumping around because i got to do research for yeah. my podcast tomorrow and she's like okay that's fine and the snare drum on white pony sounds yes. like nothing else of that era again we right. keep talking about this but when you, you know again when the you turn on mtv and you there's a sound and then yeah. you get this very tight. I mean, it sounds like almost like a three eleven snare drum. It's like it's like very yeah. bright and it just stands out and you get that popping with this kind of wall of sound and then Chino's vocals are clearly kind of affected and made. Yeah. Um it's it's this signature sound it's like a signature sound. It's the sound where you can immediately go, That's the right. deaf tones. Right. Uh you know, even if they're playing a song that maybe isn't as Deftonesy, you just hear it and you go, "Oh, or, that's them!" Or the covers album that they did, <laughs> the covers album, which, awesome. which
0: also, like, again, points to like where their influences have been. Like, there's a Shadé song on there. Yeah, <laughs> like they did, it was, like Smiths and Cure and the dr- Cars. They're all on that record. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's that was such a fun record when it came out. But um, uh, I, I was I, looking for vinyl copies of it. It's
1: pricey i'm sad i so i gotta point out something for uh my father if he does ever listen to this so he's a big <laughs> i mentioned him before he's big guitars big um big guitars, extremely skilled guitarist and a very opinionated music guy but he has yeah. never really connected with singer songwriters and lyrics and mm-hmm. um he's He's an engineer, and yes, I'm, he has emotions like everybody. But he doesn't go to music for that. It's sure. he very much is into music for like heady reasons. Right, right, right. And I would always try to get him into my own stuff. And oh, okay, uh, I'm going to show my to this. But I would also, because it was a teen, was try to like disgust him or shock him or whatever. <laughs> and so I remember in his car, uh his truck or whatever. Anytime we go anywhere, I remember. Putting the white pony in and playing elite, which is track three, and that is one of the heaviest songs they've ever done. Yeah, it is just, it's it's. I mean, I'm so glad it's on the record, but it's it's definitely sticks out like the sharpest piece of the record. And my dad just could not. He was like, "Why? Yeah. What are they doing? What at, is this?" I'm looking at my notes. What For are they what doing? Said there. And he was just horrified. He hated that song, and then I put on ah. like knife, and he was like, "Okay, this is like pleasant." And then I, you know, uh, knife party, yeah, or knife par- yeah. knife party. Yeah, he was like, "Okay, this is like." He was like, "Why don't they do more of this? Why did they scream in that last one?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, wow.
0: Uh So on my notes, I had my <laughs> delineations were minus for if i liked something plus for if i di- liked if i did like it and then mm-hmm. a slash if i was neutral and that one just says slash screamy riffy new metal
1: <laughs> yeah and again it is like i think it's fair to qualify that song as new metal but yeah. i still love the shit out of it and um you know it's it's yeah uh but that song stands out like a sore thumb um, yeah compared to Nearly the whole rest of the record. Beware, digital um, bath.
0: Like oh, beware's on. Sorry, beware's on Saturday Night Wrist. That's say, one of my favorite. Ooh, yeah, Saturday Night Wrist was definitely the winner on this round of notes between hmm. Hole in the Earth, Beware, Cherry Waves, and the Up Up Down Down. Ugh, I love that record.
1: I watched a. I was watching old Deftones like. Footage on uh, YouTube, and there was this like MTV—I don't know, like what show it was from—but some sort of MTV News bit. Yeah. Where they were at the White Pony uh, release party, and it was just the Deftones in the center, and then like not even like a stage. It was just Deftones like in the center playing. Yeah. And then they were just surrounded by fans. It was like a very intimate affair. And I, I was watching this again—the White Pony release—and it was uh, just everyone there looked exactly like how you would think they—you know—they were all in jinkos <laughs> with giant wallet right. chains and giant oversized black yeah. t-shirts, and um, they were interviewing people about why they like the Deftones. And they was like, "Oh, because like they're not really as you know radio friendly as you know like Corn and blah 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 blah," and <laughs> so people hadn't heard the record, so they go in and. They're coming, and then there's interviews of them people coming out, and people are like, yeah. "I think it's gonna have to grow on me." <laughs> people are <laughs> like, was
0: uh, yeah. different? That's is different?" <laughs> similar. Uh, that sounds similar to the the instrument DVD, the instrument documentary for Fugazi. Oh, uh, uh, it's um, when I think Red Medicine came out. And there's like towards the end of it there's like an interview there's a bunch of interviews with people talking about how much they hate the new songs. I, I don't like <laughs> Red it's Medicine. So funny. I don't.
1: I, I, I love I'm,
0: Red Medicine is like That where, is a skipper for me. Oh man, I love it. It's maybe it might be my favorite because I have it on cassette and it stayed in the cassette in my old van for like <laughs> a year and a half. So I know that I <laughs> to love well it. Now. Um, I mean, I really, I really just love it. We should do a Fugazi episode, um, but no. So, also, also <laughs> this reminds me. I'm reminded of my favorite, and I'll, I'll go back because I had the thought I had was that I feel like the Deftones have a very strange place in like the cultural narrative because, like, but they don't easily. I have heard in. right. I have heard like, and it's, it's even like been such a hard thing to figure out. Like, is it, is it cool to like Deftones? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not totally sure if it is but then like all the people that you would expect to love them like I know so many people who like are big metalheads like oh yeah I saw Deftones one time I fell asleep Yeah and then like
1: it, it and then you like shoegaze fans are
0: talking about how harsh they are and whatever it's like there's this weird like middle ground where like they are just what they are but my my favorite thing that ever that anyone has ever said about deftones in a negative way is uh my friend joe who uh is also is a uh, rapper and singer named rhymer educator uh plug him there but he once said that he couldn't get into deftones because <laughs> chino always sounds like he's trying to sing for a vampire movie soundtrack <laughs> And it's just okay, okay. I like, okay. Well well yes. <laughs> was it, isn't there a Deftones? I think there's a Deftones song on Queen of the Damned
1: <laughs> that might have been. I mean of. Well, again, we're talking about the range of fans and how they don't slot in. Like if yeah. you talk to any any elder millennial or younger Gen Xer, yeah. even if they aren't a music person, you bring up Deftones, they're gonna go, oh like a random, you know, former frat bro who is now a Wall Street dude is just, like, oh yeah, I jammed, uh, you know, around it. the fur, I jammed around yeah. the fur in my dorm room. Like everybody has I had a, a poster connection. around the fur. Yeah, and it's like, which it's, I was, you know, but then you have this this wave of of uh, emo kids, or yeah. and now like, I mean, again, like Def Heaven, I think is of all the things that are standing on the shoulders of. Deftones has to be one of the things they're standing um, on the
0: shoulders of. At one point, I think it might have been in my in my review for my blog uh, for the self titled one. Mm-hmm. I the what the way I described Hexagram was "Deaf Heaven in Utero," because mm-hmm. that song is like it's big and screamy, but it's like mm-hmm. also all a major key, mm-hmm. like until it gets to like the weird riffy chorus um in my note <laughs> i just looked at it said new metal riffage in the chorus that is only forgivable because of how good the rest of the song is but yeah. like i listened to that song you know post sunbather and i'm like this sounds like because every you hear everybody's like oh yeah deaf heaven nobody was doing that which like really you're like well alsace was doing that but then like even now is like Def T- this is in 2000 or yeah. 2001 or whatever it's like this is and they they were on that bleeding edge which is so weird to think that like cuz i do think like sort of the perception of deftones is they're maybe just a little corny but it's like but they were you know at the bleeding edge of heavy metal in 2001
1: 2002 like they are totally. just it, like what's always really helped endear me to them is when you watch interviews with lead singers of that era and sounds they're all they're all cringe they're all oh, so uh, I mean, especially fred durst and you know oh he's he's an easy guy to punch at but uh, i don't really feel bad he he's he, he deserved he that bed he made that bed <laughs> yeah um and he does it himself too and every interview with chino of the era he's just like this meek like yeah. clearly like I'm not, I'm not doing this to get the ladies or to uh, be cool. Like I have these feelings in inside and I like writing songs about them and I like, you know, and so the interviews with him, he's always just so gracious and so kind. And so not pretentious, even though physically he looks uh, especially back then looked like a typical scary Heavy uh, bandweed singer, got uh, the, the middle. Yeah, piercing he's got the, the little the <laughs> goatee. Or yeah, yeah, yeah he, uh, he, he has the little, the little goatee, and he's got the, the goatee bold, with the middle piercing. Yeah, yeah, which like, yeah, you, again, back to the aesthetics. You see that, and you yeah. go, "Oh, you're probably not the weed singer of of an emo band or something." You know, right. it's just a different um, and, thing. And, and so, and now he looks almost still just like that, but yeah. aged, <laughs> which is. <laughs> Which I love, yeah. like right. why? That's how you. He's got a good luck, you know. And then I would be remiss if, if we didn't mention this that that the genre in the world. I mean, rock has, has always been dominated by right. by white folks, but uh, he is uh, of I believe uh, uh, Chinese and Mexican, uh, Latin, American? Latin and Asian, I believe. Yeah, Me- and Mexican and the, Asian. The term his his nickname. Actually, I'm gonna pull up wiki. So I don't uh, totally muck this up, but um, his name is is Chino, or that's what he goes right. by. But that's not his born name, and Chino is uh like uh what does it say here? Chino is a the nickname Chino is Spanish language term for Chinese people, yeah, shortened from Chinito, little uh, in parentheses, little Chinese one. A moniker given to him as a kid by his uncles because he looked predominantly Asian while most yeah. Mexicans are Mazie. Mezzi- yeah. I so. Thank you. See, yeah, right. I'm going to get I've got canceled for my mispronunciation. But yeah, so that's like, I, that stuck out. You know, again, as a younger guy, yeah. when I was a kid looking everywhere, a wall of, I, of white men. And he's yeah. the only and I feel guy like who-
0: most, is I feel like most of the members of Deftones are Latin or Asian. Yeah. It just- Which is also out. like just, which is also just emblematic of
1: Sacramento. Yeah totally totally. Um but I just remember finding that interesting of being again y- young with a much more ignorant mind being like yeah. Oh, I that's cool that like non-white people like it was it was such like a uh a mind-blowing thing that this music <laughs> was being made by a non-white uh, uh sure. guy. Well, um, it's like it's like when you
0: listen to Showbread and realize that the guy screaming is black. <laughs> <laughs> or like e- again
1: even when Eminem came out like that was yeah.
0: such a big discussion
1: of like okay we've had white rappers in the past but they were always corny and this guy's right. doing it better than than anybody. Uh-oh. Are you calling Beastie Boys corny? <laughs> I love the Beast I mean yeah, fan. D- they do own it though. That's their they own that's it. Their, their yeah. yeah they weren't comp- they weren't competing with Nas no, no, and Jay-Z. No, no. They no. were never even trying whereas Eminem was yeah. and again to the to to my Point of Deftones. Deftones was, yeah, we're we're in the ring with everybody else. You know, we we want to be uh, as loved as right. and respected as any other band. But again, like if you of that era, if you go listen to the top uh, hard rock and metal albums mm-hmm. of the late '90s and 2000s, uh, very few stand up and. Uh, oh, absolutely. You know, <laughs> White Pony and the self-titled record uh, definitely do. And I I would argue I like Around the Fur. It's got some cheese, but I love that record. I I did in my listening to it now
0: and reading through on Wikipedia, I thought I had remembered that the art was used without the girl's permission. Like they just like snapped the picture at a party and then like she fought to get the camera or whatever. And Mm -hmm. then like they used it anyway, which I did clear up did not happen. She yeah. was a little miffed at first, but then gave her gave her permission. Uh, but I was also very glad to find out that Chino
1: thinks that cover was a mistake. <laughs> now, yeah, like I, so the cover of around the fur is always vexing me. It's not because I'm a prude. I like a beautiful woman in bikini as much as the next guy. But it just I have not didn't bought have that.
0: Yes, point. I'll say the reason I the reason I haven't bought that record beyond not totally liking it is because. Like you didn't want to invite that conversation with your mom. I don't really want to invite that conversation with my wife.
1: <laughs> it's just like, yeah, again, it's not, it's not a proof thing. It just doesn't fit. No, it makes no sense. Cause you listen to the record and, it, and you're like, where's the part where they talk about chicks and bikinis and right. pool parties. Where's the part where they talk yeah. about sex stuff. And- Which I think is like, that was emblematic
0: of like the juvenileness of yeah. that. And that's like I, I totally, really all it was.
1: That's really all it was. Yeah. I mean, this was the height of, of Blink-182 and and all that stuff. And so I I, I don't yeah. know, but I'm guessing that they were just like, well, yeah, why wouldn't we make the cover of our record something, something yeah. that's going to be a conversation starter? So, a, a, you know, a, yeah. a shot of a... Because it's not just her standing... There, you know, it's like down at her. So it's kind of edgy. It's kind of like working again, as you mentioned, like, you don't even know if if she was. It was. this photo was taken? Oh, no. I think I think she like he just took
0: the the candid and she, I think, noticed and then like tried to fight for the camera. But then again, eventually gave permission for it.
1: Hmm. But yeah, it's just. It's like very voyeuristic.
0: It's very voyeuristic. That's the um, word I've been looking for. Very juvenile.
1: Yeah. very juvenile. Like it's it's really like it's hard to square that with um you yeah. know the song uh Blank and then Drive what Shut up and Drive. Be, qui- yeah, be quiet yeah, be quiet and drive. Be quiet and drive. <laughs> um Shut up yeah, and drive. Yeah, it's hard to square square that. Yeah, Shut up and Drive. Yeah. Uh I can never remember the full name of that song and some of the other songs that have cute yeah. alternative titles because I just some like bad with that
0: but yeah uh which then on the other side like you look at the later records after that and it's like some of those covers are just straight up gorgeous like mm-hmm. that the shot of the owl on diamond eyes is like that's one of my favorite record covers of all time the,
1: the i and love then, the cover for uh gore, for just gore yeah so the, all the flamingos is like it's here's this so alt, bizarre is
0: this alt metal record with a bunch of flamingos on the cover Entitled like,
1: Gore, like you don't associate yeah. funny. I
0: don't know. It just well, it's that's a good, also, it's an
1: affecting title.
0: That's also two two bird covers in a row. So it's odd. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Yeah, uh, I, I don't also. Know. Uh, I'm I'm remembering now. Also that after Chi died, they actually were writing a record with him before Diamond Eyes that they just totally shelved. Huh. There's um. There's a album I'm looking it called Eros that was supposed to be the the sixth full length, but then they just didn't put it out because he went in a coma. And so wow. they just like sat on it. So like we we're talking about the consistency between Saturday Night Wrist through Koi no Yokan. Like there's another record in there. Huh. They wrote four records in that time and then just decided to not release Eros.
1: I'd be rad if they, you know, revisited that and did whatever cleanup yeah, they needed it's, to do.
0: It's such a hard thing. Cause it's like when you when you have a member that dies, like yeah. if you're in the middle of working on something, like is it more respectful to like not let anybody else touch it or to release it in the unfinished state, like which you don't want to do that. I think the the best band that's ever done it was Cave In with Final Transmission, where they just like took Caleb Schofield's demos that were on the tape and just like finished the record around them. But I don't know how much they had recorded of this album,
1: but huh. I had no idea they had a whole, um, extra record in there. I, that's interesting. Um, Oh my God. My, my, I need to turn my alerts off. My computer's barking at me. <laughs> um, very professional stuff here. Yes. Uh, so I, 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 personally, I'm, I don't know. Did you have anything else to to get into? You wanted to cover? I think
0: maybe like I'd be interested in knowing like out, maybe outside of White Pony because that's probably the obvious one. But like, cho- if you were to choose the favorite Deftones record,
1: I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Diamond Eyes.
0: Okay. I've I've a lot of times said that it's Saturn Night wrist, but more and more lately, I think it's Diamond Eyes. Like I think that it's really, like by a
1: thin margin. It's <laughs> such a thin margin, but it's like
0: I feel like that's the one where even like their really heavy parts mm-hmm. were like actually kind of sexy. Like everything else has been like pretty like aggressive. Like, the aggressive parts are just aggressive, and then the soft parts are soft. But, like, this one is, yeah. like, there's, a, there's like, a swagger to Diamond Eyes that's, like, this is crushing, but I kind of like it. <laughs> this is...
1: Yeah, and it's just, yeah, it's it's so good. And then, as you mentioned, the artwork is beautiful. It's so good. And, and like, that, I mean,
0: the the tracks on here, like... Sex tape. Huh oh, man, sex tape. Like, forget about that. You know, like that's one of the best tracks they've ever done. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the Spotify
1: so I can remember the exact track yeah. list here.
0: Diamond Eyes is a
1: great opener. This record's good. That's <laughs> good. Like oh wow, this has way more plays than I thought it would on Spotify. This makes me happy. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, beauty schools on there. I was not expecting them to get this many plays. Okay, that makes me that makes me happy. Where are they? They're put, like on Spotify. Like these have 25 million to the song "Sex safe has 35 million. Oh, like, well, the "Sex rest of- also just blew up on TikTok. <laughs> so, have, you no, the, have you heard about the Mountain Goats TikTok thing? No. <laughs> <laughs> so the song uh, "Mountain," the song uh, "Mountain Goats." I'm, I want to get the actual yeah. name. No children. Oh, the song Ch- "No Children" yeah. by Mountain Goats is exploding on TikTok, which is like the most unlikely thing that this song <laughs> about divorce and yeah. uh, hating uh, y- y- your your ex and right. it's wo fi recorded by a man who does not have the most beautiful singing voice, and right. the teens are the teens are loving it they are, they are loving I, mountain goats i will
0: say i will say i follow i i have s- followed and then my for you page of way more people in their 40s
1: than teenagers <laughs> on tiktok i still don't have to, well i mean i made an account because my wife sent me so many my wife uh lives on tiktok now like she will just lay in bed and waste an hour on tiktok and <laughs> she don't a- follow my band but i i <laughs> come she don't follow my band on tiktok <laughs> I'll, I'll shame her after this. So I go. I just use TikTok like a lot of millennials where the good stuff gets surfaced right. to Instagram oh, yeah. and or yeah, Twitter it goes or to, whatever. Yeah, Reddit. It goes on Reddit. And so I never feel a need to go on TikTok because sure. I just assume the good stuff going to get surfaced.
0: Yeah. I found a lot of good musicians on there.
1: I, um, I know it's like a whole rich community and yeah. there's all sorts of cool stuff. I just, I yep. have... I'm already on my phone more than I want right, to be. Right. Uh, but yeah. So also, so
0: you're saying sex tape has 35 million plays. Change in the House of Flies has 126.9 million.
1: I wonder, it's probably on a lot of playlists
0: too. They have 3.6 million monthly listeners. They're doing all right.
1: Good, good. They're doing I'm, all that right. That makes me happy. I'm glad yeah. that they're not, I'm glad that my mental model for how popular they were was, was incorrect. Uh, that makes yeah. Better. I actually, it's only been it's only been the
0: last few years where I've realized like how beloved Deftones are because like being aware of them forever. You think other people are just aware of them, um, mm-hmm. or like people who actively distaste them are probably louder than the people who like them. Sometimes uh, in a lot of things, that's true. But yeah, so I I've met a number of people, even like some like Gen Z folks who like just love Deftones. And it's made me made me very happy, like even to the point where like they have been used as like a metric of other like newer bands that are coming. I was like, oh man, this is totally like got like Deftones riffs. I'm like, sweet. I'm glad. I'm glad that they're being used as like a like a point of reference now because I really do think that's like in the spot they occupy. They're like for like late '90s metal, like early 2000s metal, alternative metal. What like Smashing Pumpkins were for alt rock.
1: Totally. Totally. And
0: I, and I think and I and I think a lot of that is because Chino and Billy Corgan are coming to heavy music from the same sort of place. Like they're both these two guys in heavy bands that just listen to a lot of like Cure and
1: Smith's and Joy Division. Totally. <laughs> no. Um All right. What's yeah. uh let's let's segue yes. to our end bit here. Smith segue. Uh Nat what what is a, a record you're loving? Uh, oh. this week or and or recently because it's been like four weeks, since it's been a actually. while.
0: So, I just acquired a large lot of I, it was like 30 something records that I bought from a friend and included some at the drive in yes. and get up kids. And, uh, huh, there's like what's I'm trying to remember what else I'm keeping. Uh, I mean, those are the, those are the oh, cursive, um. And like Rainer Maria and like all this like emo stuff that, and I have to, that band Rainer uh,
1: Maria, that's a, that's of an era.
0: Um, I have to make an addendum to something I said earlier, because I said previously, Uh I don't know, I I said in a previous episode that I like sort of missed the get up kids. Like I didn't really get into them, but I got something to write home about in this lot and I put it on and I knew every song. It, so like I, it, definitely, I definitely bought that record at some point in high school, and like loved it for a brief amount of time, and then it, just, I haven't. I lost
1: it. They have the a certain sound that really uh, speaks to me that no other band was really replicating right. um, at the time, and and uh, so I just I, I yeah I totally get that. Like yes.
0: But um, um, in terms of in terms of new stuff, I'm listening to. Also included in that lot was an uh, an album from a band called Shabazz Palaces that I had never heard of. It's a hip hop duo. Yeah, it's their their debut record, Black Up, is in there, and I was that's like, a it.
1: great record.
0: I realized I realized when I was sorting through because I also like went through my records and purged a bunch of stuff, and I realized that I only have like ten hip hop records. So I was like, I might as well like listen to this and like maybe keep it because I have so little hip hop in my, I've like got 1200 records and like 10 of them are hip hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I put it on, I'm like, this is great. <laughs> then come to find out like it was named one of the, like a, a number of publications said it was like in the top 10 hip hop records of the 2010s. Yeah. So, I, I saw so them it was when they, like uh, up there
1: at Pitchfork for that yeah. Record when they were but like promoting the record.
0: They're apparently up there with like Kendrick Lamar and Run the Jewels. Dude. And I'm like, okay, happy, happy accident here. I didn't know who they were at all.
1: <laughs> now you make me now I want to go revisit that uh record because I probably haven't listened to it since like 2015 or whatever. For, it's good. No. It's good. I'm enjoying I'm it. That. Um I have been I'm trying to think of two, two there's two things, but I'm I'm gonna pick one. Uh I've been revisiting um ted leo and the pharmacists where they were a band that, that i was very aware of when they yes. were at their height but i never got into i was like it seemed cool or i am that, that single i am nice. still in that place <laughs> like so Heart, hearts of oak uh is a very beloved record and into like there's a little bit of like uh, I, don't, I don't, corniness might not be the right word, but I'm going to use it like corniness to it. Just, just unabashed earnestness. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that was literally the exact phrase it, I was going to throw out. Like it it kind of turned band. me off. Yeah. It kind of like turned me off. And revisiting it now, I think I've had a much bigger now appreciation for sure. just unapologetic, um, yeah, pop music. And he, that's what he's doing. He's like, I want to make like, you know, 10, 12 A plus pop songs about things I like. And um Where have All the Rude Boys Gone? Which is maybe their biggest <laughs> song. Okay. You know. I love that title. As the, the their biggest a song, song is like, Where have All the I Rude Boys that Gone? Title. <laughs> and the whole thing is about that. Where did the Rude Boys go? And then the the <laughs> big outro bridge that's beautiful and I sing it to my cats now like crazy. Um <laughs> is he's singing about the specials and he's uh, oh, yeah. singing the various members of the specials of what they <laughs> told him. And then, um, and then the, the end of this whole refrain is where have all the rude boys gone? And yeah. it's just such a good, like get up and go. That's riff. Great. And uh, I know I'm focusing on the song, but the whole record's really good. Yeah. I really like it. It's, it's like what 20 year old record, but sure. uh, I'm having a moment with it. So great. I'll have to,
0: I'll have to listen to that song in particular. Yeah, it's the second track the on album. the record.
1: Cool. Uh, it's just a jam, and the weird like, second good. song. The lyrics are good. Great. Yeah. Uh, sweet. Well, uh, damn. It's been it's been a joy, and I'm sorry that my schedule has been terrible. <laughs> Mine also has been. So it's, we're even. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank yeah. you for All listening, right. and see you next time. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to D2 Radio. This podcast is hosted and produced by Jesse Atkinson and Nat Fitzgerald, who apologize for their rambling, but they also won't adjust their behavior, so their apology should be taken with a grain of salt. Nat would like to apologize to Jesse's wife Lauren, who does, in fact, follow his band on TikTok. If for whatever reason, you want more, you can follow at Decoon Radio Pod on all socials and visit DecoonRadioPod.com. Someone, please, sponsor us.